Hey, sisters, if you notice anything just a little off with our audio this time, we had a slight technical snafu the first time around. So part of this podcast, we had to re-record for you. Um, It's a little like that guy from the BBC, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which we will link to in the show notes. His big moment on the BBC. (laughs) We're only laughing because we understand. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And so today I'm slightly sicker than I was when we recorded the other half so if I sound funny and we've just had all kinds of things going on but um we we wanted to roll this episode so um here we go much like the baby in the video yeah (laughs) (laughs) hi there and welcome to the homeschool sisters podcast I'm Kate and I'm Kara and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you we don't have it all figured out But one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I have a little bit of a cold, so I sound a little bit like my grandma after smoking her Pall Mall cigarettes that she loved so much. (laughs) So I love you. We'll roll with it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but I'm excited because we have a really, really good question today. So um, yep. you're going to read it, right? I'm going to read it. And okay. I think I know who this is from. So I'm excited. Our question is from Danica. And Danica asks, what practical strategies have you figured out to help you be and stay confident in your homeschooling? I've heard other more seasoned homeschool moms say every kid will likely be ahead in some things and behind in others because no kid is exactly like the average. I get that on a logical level, but I keep finding myself worrying that we're behind on everything and that we're not learning enough, etc. It seems like just when I convince myself we're doing well and they are learning and progressing, I end up seeing some other kid their age do something my kids aren't doing, and I'm right back to doubting myself. How do you keep yourself from falling into this worry trap? Do you have some strategy to get an objective assessment of where your kids are, and what do you do if you figure out they have an area they are struggling with? Ooh, great that's a question. good one. It's like a multi-parter. Lots to talk about there. Yes. Especially when you're starting out, right? Like, absolutely. I mean, what else do we have to go off of? And we're still kind of shaking the public mind school, public school mindset a little bit. So, uh, mind school. I like that. Mind school. Yeah. (laughs) I have a cold. I'm broken. Um, you know what it is? Yeah. I I, (laughs) get all up in your head. It's a perfect description. (laughs) Um, I thought about when we were, when I was listening to you read that, um, is it Eleanor Roosevelt who said comparison is the thief of joy? I think, I think it's attributed to her. And, and yet, I mean, we all, we can't help but do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard to know because we all growing up, grow up thinking that there's the standard, right? It's the public school standard. And it's really easy to forget that all of that is a little bit just kind of made up, you know, (laughs) Um, It is, (laughs) and it was intended for all of us to be, um, assembly line workers. Right. So it's like, I I don't want assembly line educating the masses, but it's still very hard to not think that we need to have, um, something to let us know that we're on the right track, 
Yeah, because it's like, what else are what are what else are we gonna have? You know, you don't get like homeschool or the year awards. You know, at the end of the year, <laughs> perfect attendance. <laughs> you don't get a plaque. There's no trophies. Most yeah. improved. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I mean, I do think that kids all develop on their own timelines and in their own ways. Um, and it's actually kind of it's kind of interesting for us to address this question because both of us started homeschooling because we had kids who weren't developing every skill at the same time, right? Very asynchronous. Yes. Um, my, my son, um, he went to a Montessori-based preschool, and he started reading really early. And um, he was in, like, the three- to six-year-old classroom. And at the end of the year, they came up to us. And even though he was only four, they said, next year we want to bump him up to the, I think it was, like, seven- to nine-year-olds or something like that. Um, They wanted to bump him up to that classroom. And they said, but you have to make sure you spend the summer working on handwriting because he didn't have the fine motor skills yet at four. Um, Mm -hmm. But they wanted him to be challenged with his reading. So... um, you know, I, I thought about that for a minute and I think we worked on handwriting for like half a day and it was like, no, this is making him miserable, you know? And so we ended up trying homeschooling again. It was our second go around that time it stuck. (laughs) (laughs) But you have kind of a similar situation with your oldest, right? We did have a kid like that. So we had a, uh, my oldest went to kindergarten and he was reading Harry Potter and the Hobbit and yet he couldn't sit still in a seat for very long and he was distracting to his peers and he'd be singing in class and sharing random observations. So he was kind of getting in trouble um, and also had these very asynchronous academic skills. And so we ended up homeschooling too because the school couldn't accommodate him at the various levels that he was at. Um, and then similar to my daughter, less, less striking, but when she went similar sort of story and it's just work to be able to meet them where they are in each unique area, because we have some very incredible strengths and some very incredible weaknesses. And I think it's normal. I think some kids have it more pronounced, but that it's normal for all kids. Right. And even for adults, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how as adults, we have different skills, um, different skill levels and different things. Like I consider myself, you know, to be pretty okay with writing and history and those kinds of things. I'm not great at math. You know, I just know Mm -hmm. that about myself. (laughs) Um, Every time I go to try to tip the hairdresser, I'm like, public (laughs) math, you know, so (laughs) that's why you need a tip cheat sheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your exactly. wallet. And, um, and you I think, think we're better at owning these things when we're older too, because yes. I cannot read a map. I cannot follow directions. Like you can spin me around and I will be lost. And if my, my husband always says, if you think you're supposed to turn left, go right because your instinct is wrong. And right. it's just the way I've always been. It's just a deficit and it's fine. I roll with it. Yeah. But those things are more pronounced when you're little and you're comparing to standards. Sure. And, you know, in a setting where there's 30 kids, you have to have some kind of standard plan and general idea of where you want those kids to be at the end of the year. It's just impossible to meet everyone where they are, Um, which, of course, is one of the great things about homeschooling. We are able to meet our kids where they are. But I understand where she's coming from, that it can feel a little scary. And, um, you know, when you have 
um, when you're still sort of in that public school mindset, it's really easy to fall into like, you know, seeing everything as subjects, especially in the beginning. Um, and I think it's taken me years to get to a point where I'm really seeing things as more integrated and, um, you know, we might be reading a book that has math in it and history in it, but um, I don't worry as much about like, you know, math, spelling, those kinds of things. But I think that just took a little time for me to get to that point. Um, it's an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Because you're in, what, is this is your third year? I think so. Third. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, I still struggle with it and I struggle with it at the beginning of the year, usually around the holidays. And at the end of the year, I start questioning whether we've done enough, but we have definitely relaxed more and I see more, you know, more unit studies and more cohesive, you know, you read a book and it's covering every subject and you can just kind of do, you know, have a week where you're more into geography and one week where you're more into science and, I've learned that that over time sort of evens out and that it's okay to do that. Um, and also that you're going to have gaps and everyone's going to have gaps. Just, just this week, we got a book for review about tying sneakers and very cute book. And I realized that two of my three kids don't know how, <laughs> so, yes. you know, yes. there's going to be, there's going to be gaps. And we all have those moments where we're out on the playground and we see our child's friend doing something that we either were saying something that we never covered and you make that mental note and, but all kids have those gaps Yeah, and you can, you can meet them. Yes. Um, it's funny that you bring that up because we had the exact same thing at our house. I think both of my kids learned to tie their shoes later than, you know, the average or whatever. And, um, I noticed too with my daughter, um, we brought up something about the 13 colonies and she was like, wait, what's that? And my son somehow had acquired that knowledge through something that we had done. I don't know what, um, but obviously I skipped it the second time around because my daughter wasn't familiar with it. And um, it was great. That's actually what led us to Pinnet Maps was um, asking about that. And she ended up sending us um, the early American um, map set and it helped so much because... Um, it not only showed the 13 colonies, but it shows like those early settlements and Native American tribes and all kinds of really cool stuff. So another thing that's kind of tricky is that um, depending on what state you're in, the laws of what you need to do and need to be accountable for are, can vary a lot. Because um, we actually jumped on this morning because we were just curious about this because, you know, we know that there's people out there listening in every All state. and Yeah, and um, my state, I'm in Illinois. There's very, very little that I have to, like, show that I've done. Um, and you're in a different state, and there's actually, you're like one or two, because if you go to, um, it's homeschoolleagaldefenseassociation.org, so it's H-S-L-D-A. Um, if you go there, you can look at, like, your state, and you can figure out exactly what it was, and I'm like a yellow state, and you're like a dark orange or something. You're I like, know. I thought I was pretty lax, and apparently yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to do um, portfolios, right? We have the option either to do the an end of the year standardized test or a portfolio. And with the portfolio, we give it to a licensed teacher and the teacher uh, looks through it and gives us a, 
a letter that we keep on file saying that our child has made progress. And I actually, um, we're in New Hampshire and I do portfolio reviews for some people around here. And I always recommend to them that at the very beginning of your school year, whenever you start to just take a work sample from your child in every subject and then do it again, you know, at least once at mid year and then at the end of the year, and you're going to see progress. And then you can just add in other things that you're doing too. And depending on your state's regulations, how in depth you go, but you will see progress. And, and when you sit down to put your portfolio together, um, I'm always amazed at how much we did. Even if I feel like we've been slacking, there's so much that we've done and my kids have grown so much. When you see those writing samples from September and you're looking at them in June, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, if you're looking for some sort of mark of, of, you know, that your kids are learning, I think, looking at where they start at the beginning of the year and where they go is if you can manage to do that, it's so much more helpful than worrying about what the kids in the public school down the street are doing, you know? Also really helpful, especially I, I do this when I like to say I do it the whole year, but when we're feeling really good and we're in a good phase, I, I forget. <laughs> so you can tell how well I, how good I'm feeling about our homeschooling by when I'm filling it out. But I have a version of the spiral notebook that Sarah McKenzie spoke about mm-hmm. um, that I keep for myself, where at the end of the day, I just put the date and then just bullets of what we did that day. And I include everything. So if we went to the farm, that's a field trip. If the kids were doing laundry, that's life skills. And when you look at it that way, you see how much you do on a daily basis. Yes. And it's, it feels like so much more than if you try to plan it out ahead of time and then it doesn't go as planned and you'll miss those. Because it never does. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll miss those little serendipitous moments or the conversation in the car on the way to the grocery store or whatever, that, um, that trick of like writing it down at the end of the day. And, um, I remember it, I haven't done that in a while and I need to do it because it always makes me sleep a little better at night, you know, just being able to reflect back on what we've done and, you know, just putting even just a little note in the bullet journal where it's like, you know, we had a good day or whatever. Um, you can and even do it in your planner. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think we talked about, it might have been on a previous episode, um, that your oldest um, was failure to thrive. And so yes. it was like, um, you know, if you look at what a child eats at one meal, you know, lunch on Tuesday, it's like, oh. Or they, even in one day. Yeah, but if you can stand back and look at the week or the month, mm-hmm. it's such a healthier look at what's actually happening, you know, the whole picture versus just a little bit. Cause we can all have a weird day or a weird week or a weird month, February. Yes. (laughs) So you, (laughs) yeah. Also something that's nice about homeschooling over public school is that you have the ability to get lost in a subject. So you, instead of, you know, thinking in terms of school subjects and classes where you might have 50 minutes of history, you can have an entire day of history or two days of history and then go deeper in those subjects. So you don't have to cover everything every single day if you look grand, you know, big yeah. Definitely. And did you see, um, it was floating around again recently that the news that Finland is going to like eliminate subjects in their schools are the first country to do so. And 
I can't help but feel like homeschoolers have kind of been yeah, that's leaning, homeschooling. You know, <laughs> well, and I should say certain homeschoolers because you know there's lots of different approaches. Um, but I guess a lot of the homeschoolers I know <laughs> have started doing that a lot. Um, and then there was something else that came up um, this week, the um, piece by Sir Ken Robinson. And love him. he has such an excellent TED top talk that we can link to. And then also um, we can link to that where I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something like um, kids aren't failing. Schools are failing kids. Schools are. It's the system yeah. that's failing the child. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an outdated system and we have research showing what works. He has a really great book and it is called Creative Schools. And I read it this summer during my poolside professional development. So I like to read education books in the summer while my kids are swimming. (laughs) And I would highly recommend it. It's a really, really good read. I read that and followed it up with One Room Schoolhouse by Mm -hmm. um, Khan. And that was really good too. I might be butchering the title of that one, but they are really good read together and they're really reminiscent of homeschooling when you're reading it. What they're suggesting definitely is a lot of the things we are doing. Yeah. And, um, we can link to both of those in the show notes so people can find the exact titles. And, um, we had even talked about doing an episode coming up about summer reading, um, specifically for homeschool moms and incorporating your poolside professional development. So I'm really excited about that because last year I just read, uh, Tana French, which I'm reading now. Yeah, that's all I read. Like I read, I just binged on her the entire summer. And you know what? It was totally great, but it wouldn't have hurt for me to throw in one or two um, poolside professional development books. So, (laughs) so we'll have that coming up pretty soon. You know, and talking about gaps a little bit too, it's interesting how homeschooling allows us to kind of wait until one of our kids is really ready for something. And I found that they, my kids will pick something up so quickly if it's the right timing for them, you know, but you can fret and worry and tear your hair out trying to get them to learn something on someone else's timeline. Um, and it just doesn't work until they're at least open to it. Not ne- they don't even have to be like super passionate about it. But um, like my son, he had a passion for coins when he was growing up. And so he learned about the value of money when he was really, really young. And again, it was one of those things that I realized I have to teach this to my daughter because she didn't have that same excitement about coin collecting. So um, that's I, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had a similar thing happen this week um, that I I posted on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere, but um, I can remember when I was little hating learning time and I don't know whether it was hard for me or if I hated the worksheets and I can remember the worksheets and mm-hmm. I remember that there were a lot of them and my oldest picked up telling time just because the way our kitchen was at the time had a clock right where the table was. And so he was just interested in it, much like you mentioned. And he just kind of learned it because he was always asking about the clock. My daughter to this point, um, she's seven, hasn't been interested until it was maybe Monday. She came up to me and said she really wanted to learn how to tell time. It was early in the morning. So I said, sure, let's do it. And I took out a book that we had on learning to tell time. We made our own clock and we played it two time telling games and she knew how to tell time 
by noon. That's <laughs> like she amazing. Just, she was ready and she was yeah. interested and yes. it clicked. Yeah. And I think that, um, again, one of the benefits with homeschooling is you can wait for those windows to open and it just, it's easier. It's more joyful. It's less stressful for everybody. So instead of trying to like cram something through a closed window, you know, when the window is wide open, and then that's another benefit of your system of writing things down after, because if you would have been like, no, Monday is the day we are reading this book and doing this thing, you would have completely missed that. But that's huge learning, you know, to happen in one morning. So, um, it maybe it takes a little while to see that as a benefit, you know, having to wait, but, um, you know, you probably have to have a whole bunch of those. That's probably what happened. That's why it gets easier because you've had so many of those moments at this point that you you can say to yourself in that moment of worry, we're okay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It's going to happen. And I know my kid may not know how to tie her shoes now, but 40, she will, we'll figure it out. I love that. Didn't you say something about your son with like a, um, learning to use utensils when he was like very, very tiny failure to thrive. I just remember our pediatrician, when you'd go in and do those developmental questionnaires at every well child visit, he'd say, just so you know, and he's so, he's such a sweet guy. He was like, just so you know, he's technically developmentally delayed when it comes to using utensils. But at that point he wasn't eating. So I didn't care if he was putting food in his mouth with his hand or his foot or, you know, what I, his elbow, I don't care. Right. Cause I, when he's 40, he'll use a fork. Yes. Yeah. And, and my youngest, um, we had a similar thing where we went to one of those appointments and the doctor said, um, you know, is she walking? And I said, she's so close, but she's not quite there. And she said, okay, we're not going to worry about this until she comes back for her next appointment. And literally like that weekend we left to go to my sister's wedding and we stayed at this condo that was on the beach and she went from like being right there to like running which was terrifying because the ocean was right out this door and so I felt like the entire (laughs) time she waited until it was dangerous yeah the entire time we were there for this wedding it was like somebody guard the door like (laughs) it's great that my sister's getting married but my baby's gonna walk into the ocean so yeah and it just happened like you know just so quickly. So I think she was ready. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just about like as parents, if we can sort of, you know, just push that worry down, but I know it's hard. I mean, I think all of us have that experience as, um, of like waking up in the middle of the night, feeling like an elephant's on our chest, worried about our kids, you know, it's universal. So, um, yeah, it's hard, but, but it'll happen. It will happen. <laughs> it's just such a huge responsibility when you think about it of, you know, we're responsible for our kids' education. So the thing is, if, Gigantic. um, with, I guess what's kind of funny is now that, you know, we're podcasting and, um, you know, we have blogs and stuff. People ask me sometimes, you know, um, and I just want to tell them like, if you're that worried, your kid's going to be just fine, you know, because nobody you're not, worries. Yeah. Nobody has more interest or investment in your child's education than you do. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to let your child fail. You know, even if you see, okay, wow, we are like two years behind in math. You're going to figure out a way to help them get caught up. You know, you're not just going to be like, well, all right, you know, um, (laughs) 
like like our friend Anine said in the last episode where what was it that um our kids are going to be in eating cheetos on a beanbag playing the week yes yeah our adult children are going to be in our basements when they're like yeah so everybody's um, fear yeah we're not gonna let that happen so so it's gonna be okay you've got this yes to ask you too, um, you know, with your psychology background, you might be able to describe it a little bit better than I do, but, um, you know, about like asynchronous kids, um, and kids who really are developing, um, you know, some skills super quickly while the other ones aren't. And if you could kind of talk about that a little bit, because I think that's more common than we realize because kids just sort of when they're in schools, they might have to just kind of float along as best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might not get the same level of, um, I, I, just the same level that we as parents feel because we're like, well, maybe if they were in school, it wouldn't be like this, you know? And- <laughs> oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Have, having worked in schools and doing evals for a whole bunch of different kids, um, no kids are even. It, it is very rare that you would do a cognitive evaluation or an academic assessment and see, you know, a flat line all the way across of the kids' skills. There's always strengths and weaknesses. Um, and the cool thing about homeschooling is that you can let those kids run with their strengths and work on the weaknesses when you have a minute in a way that doesn't feel like they're failing. Right. Which I think is important because they there are kids that read later and they read very well later. It's just for whatever reason, it's just not their time yet. I mean, there are children, you can think about it even physically. There are children who are 10 and are still wetting the bed at night and that's okay. It's a developmental sure. piece, you know, um, or, mat- so or maturing, yeah, like heading into puberty. I mean, we see kids yeah. <laughs> at um, eight or at fifteen, right, right, and that's normal for them, and it's mm-hmm. okay for them. And my kids read. Uh, there's a four year difference in their ages when they each began reading really fluently, um, mm-hmm. and they both love reading. So, right. and that's the important part. Success, you know. <laughs> um, and if you had been in school and it was pointed out that you were reading later and it was something that you were forced to work on, especially also with writing, I saw that all the time with kids. Is they just, a lot of kids and a lot of boys don't have the fine motor abilities early on for that to be in any way enjoyable. <laughs> right, right. And it, I think it genuinely can be difficult for them um, either to sit still um, mm-hmm. For some kids, and again, especially boys, not to, you know, but it, it, it does tend seem to be the case, I don't know, in my limited mm-hmm. experience. Um, or, you know, my son, his hand would tire out faster, you know, with writing. Because he and, was worked so hard. Um, and yet, you know, he would um, draw for a long period of time because drawing is a different kind of, you know, motion than holding a pen and trying to form an A between two lines. Um, so that came a lot sooner for him. And he would work on 
comics and comic strips and comic books um, because they involved less writing and more drawing. And then that evolved over time. And, um, you know, and he would dictate to me what he wanted. And so we never really felt, even though the one particular school had kind of really pushed that, we never felt the need to push it. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful for that because I feel like, um, you know, the first time we tried to sit down and do like a handwriting lesson, there were tears and Mm -hmm. that's just not what I've ever wanted for my kids. Kind of our rule around here is, you know, if it's making us cry, we're going to, we're going to switch it up if it's math or if it's, um, you know, and everybody has a bad day now and then. So it's not like <laughs> they cry once and I'm like, all right, I'm throwing out the $300 math curriculum. But um, if it's not working, you know, I think joy is important. Um, I do too. I think it's a huge element of our, well, I try to make it a huge element of our homeschooling, you know. So, yeah. Um, so what about though, like grandma (laughs) or an uncle or an aunt or somebody who, you know, says, is questioning. Yeah. Tommy down the street is already reading, you know, um, that can be a hard one. The reading is hard. I feel like that's one of the biggest worries for homeschoolers. And I, I honestly, as someone who, who loves books and has a background in education, unless your gut is absolutely screaming at you that there is something wrong if your gut is not telling you that, just keep reading good books yeah. and make it fun. And eventually, yeah. if you make it fun, they're going to want to do it too. And it's as simple as that. And the cool thing about reading aloud is that it levels the playing field for readers and non-readers. So you can read to your readers. They're getting the same content as the non-readers. So it's really a reading aloud It's is something you should just keep on keeping on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For as long as your kids will put up with mm-hmm. it, I think. Um, and they get so much through that. And like you said, you get every subject. Mm-hmm. You can cover every subject just through your read alouds. I'm convinced. Yeah. And even audiobooks, um, mm-hmm. you know, helping so much with kids forming vocabulary and, um, if they're, even if they're not allowed, not allowed, <laughs> even if they're not able to write a word or spell a word, they know how to use the word. That's awesome. You know, and the other stuff comes in time. I mean, I definitely think it's just so important to remember that having a kid who is excelling, flying in one subject and maybe, you know, moving along at their own pace. But I love what you said about growth and measuring our child against their own, you know, level of, of, of growth instead of, um, relying on, some standard that some yeah. guy, <laughs> right? Some office made came up. up with back when we were supposed to yeah. all be um, becoming assembly line workers, right? Right. <laughs> so that's what it is. And I, I mean, if you're worried about those things, because I, I get a lot of questions from people about what am I supposed to be teaching my kid at a certain age level, you can refer to those and keep them in mind. But I don't think they they are a, a make it or break it. So you can go to sure. your your state website, ed website, and see your state standards, or you could get, um, what is it? Hirsch, those books, what every third grader should know, what every grader should know. 
I mean, for some people that can be an anxiety relief to at least, yes, yeah. And you can say, Oh wow. Well, my kid's hitting out of the park and spelling. Like I don't right. have to worry about some that. of them. You will be surprised. Mm-hmm. You'll go on there and think like, you know, all the people who are learning, think of how many people do story of the world as homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. If you put your kid in public school, they are not learning world history. At, at a young age. They're just right. not, they don't talk about that. So you're already ahead. You're ahead in areas you don't realize you're ahead in. It's just yeah. that those, you know, couple things that people keep outlining. And of course we, we fret and we worry about the areas where we think our kids are falling behind and we might not take time to say, Hey, but my kid is absolutely awesome at X, Y, or Z, you know? Right. <laughs> So that was one of the things she asked too, was like, how do we, we quell our own worry? And, um, it's funny because you, when you bring up those books, you know, what your third grade or fourth grader needs to know. I used to, um, check those out of the library on a regular basis. And I really felt like, okay, so we're not that far off track here or, okay, we need to work. And then I got to a point where I stopped doing it and I don't know when it happened, but I just... I was able to let that go. Um, and I wish I, I wish I could explain what changed or what shifted. Maybe just years I, of I doing it. I don't know. Just, <laughs> you you kind of need to break up with the public school mindset that you, that we all have, you yeah. know, that you, that you learn to tell time by second grade and you know, how you learn cursive and fourth grade and long division, you know, all these things that, well, when I was in sixth grade, I was already doing this and you just kind of realize that you'll cover it at some point. I know for me, I'll have these moments throughout the year where I think, am I missing anything obvious? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Some major thing that you really should know. Um, there was, I think it was last year, one of my kids asked, you know, something about the States and they were like, well, where's the Eiffel tower? (laughs) I was like, whoa. Like maybe we'll go over this, you know. So, but then you realize it, and you work on it, and then they realize that the Eiffel Tower isn't in the United States. Yeah, you just <laughs> there's there's gonna be things that because and everyone's you're not following gonna have things like that a standard curriculum from a school that's made up by somebody who says this is what kids are learning in second grade or whatever. And, you know, the other thing is that, um, common core has totally changed the playing field. Um, and now everybody's like, you know, it's gotta be common core aligned. It's gotta be. So what happened to the old standards, you know, and then what if common core changes? And so we're, we're kind of constantly like, you know, we're so worried about, um, you know, trying to prepare our kids in a certain way. Um, we don't even know what they're going to be doing. Jobs are going to be created, new technologies, new things. Um, you know, so it's, I think John Holt is, um, he has a quote about that. That's like, you know, we need to teach kids how to learn, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't know what kind of, you know, you and I, we didn't, no, we would be blogging when or podcasting. Yeah, it didn't exist. So who knows what our kids are going to be doing? Um, are they really going to have to remember all the state capitals in alphabetical order? You know, are they? <laughs> um, 
Are they going to know what too is we have educational gaps because I realize that as I'm homeschooling just this morning, we were reading um, one of those who was books. We were reading about Abe Lincoln and they explained that Thanksgiving was started by the woman the woman who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb, mm-hmm. I'm blanking on her name right now because I have a problem recalling names. She wrote to every president and asked for there to be an actual, like they celebrated Thanksgiving, but she wanted a day for Thanksgiving. Yes. And Abe Lincoln was the one to say, okay, it's a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. I didn't know that. And her I was name. Telling the kids, like, I should know yeah. that. Her name is Sarah, I'm pretty sure, because there's a book called Thank You, Sarah, or something that I read with my kids, and that's when I learned that. I never knew that growing up, you know? And that's that's some interesting information right there. Yeah. (laughs) With learning about... Yes, and... Lincoln, and... It's, it is, it's interesting, like, when you um, are learning with your kids, all of a sudden, yeah, you you realize um, how many gaps there are in your education, and that... um, the education I received was not really about making connections. It was about remembering facts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those facts flew out of my head as soon as I took the test, you know? I mean... Because they weren't connected to no, each other. No, I was a good student. Um, I got good grades, but I didn't care about a lot of what I was learning. It was more, you know... Um, okay, I need to memorize this for the test. And now I'm reading um, The Postmistress. Have you heard about that book or read about no. that book? And it, um, it's set in World War II, and it's just fascinating. And um, But learning about history that way is fascinating to me. But I would having, love to do that. You know, to memorize specific facts and dates, it, it just doesn't it didn't appeal to me. I love history now. I didn't love history when I was growing up. So, um, it's interesting to think about. We're doing a, um, we got a curriculum called histography of the United States. It's by PAC, P-A-C. Um, and I'm going to be reviewing it. And basically it it goes through each state A to Z Mm -hmm. and I'm using it in conjunction with pennant maps and It gives an overview, you know, famous people, famous events, historical events, um, you know, the flag, the bird, like all the stuff about the states, but a little bit more. And then we just use that as a basis to like go on all these rabbit holes. So we all this week we've been watching the Iditarod because we're doing Alaska. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I had, you know, we studied a little bit in school, but we've watched this whole documentary on it. And we had this discussion about, um, animal rights that came out of Mm -hmm. it. Like it's been a really, really cool way to learn about the States versus, you know, coloring in a map and the capitals and the major rivers right? and then being quizzed and moving on, which is what I remember. Right. It's kind of interesting too, because in a way homeschooling sets us up for our kids to like really, really excel in a certain area for like a period of time because you can go so deep with things. So all of a sudden you might have like a little history buff running around your house, knowing Mm -hmm. all these facts about all these presidents, because, you know, my son went through a phase where he was just so fascinated by presidents and he was learning all these things. And, you know, he, he could do the, he could recite the facts back, you know, to people if they were like, what are you learning about? And he'd be like, Oh, and he would tell you all about a president or whatever. But it was because he was just passionate about it and curious about it and really excited. And, you know, if you would have asked him about another particular topic, I mean, he wasn't in that same place with that, but right. so it, it's kind of funny cause we are, we're setting our kids up to like 
become these experts in a certain field for a period of time, and then they move on to something else. And so I think homeschool kids are going to develop um, differently in that way than their public school peers. But that's not a bad thing. That's a really no. awesome thing. thing is every once in a while my husband will come to me with a concern and I found that a lot of times you know it's just something that he remembers learning at a certain age like tying his shoes you know he remembers in kindergarten that he showed his best friend how to tie his shoes and so um he'll come to me with a concern about something like wait have you guys done this yet or do they know this yet and it's kind of funny because um I mean he's not around a lot of kids and um I get to hang out with my kids' friends, so I get to kind of see, you know, what they're working on and stuff, and I teach co-op classes, so I get to see what the kids in the co-op class are working about, and or are working on, and it it helps me to realize, oh, that's right, okay, kids are quirky, kids excel in different areas, you know, that kind of thing, but, um, you know, he, he worries too, um, and then that's a little scary, because you're like, well, if he's worried, I should definitely be worried, right, because... <laughs> That always makes me second guess. I wrote a post yeah. for Simple Homeschool on that one because my husband asked me one night on the couch after we put the kids to bed about when kids are supposed to learn grammar mm-hmm. and when should they definitely know what a noun is versus, you know, you know, besides Mad Libs. Right. So we had a whole discussion then and it does, it plants a seed of, you know, sure. am I doing enough? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, he, it's funny cause my kids will also do behavioral things where, um, they're totally age. I'm not going to say appropriate <laughs> cause sometimes they're not appropriate things, but you know, it totally normal for their age, you know, they'll do something and he's like, man, like when do kids grow out of that? And I can remember when, um, my young or my oldest was like really young. He was like, at what point can we just look at him and be like, dude, let's take a nap. You know, he's <laughs> And it turns out it's 13. You can look at your kid and be like, dude, don't you just want to take a nap? And he'll be like, yeah, I kind of do, you know, but, um, so it's funny because he's not around kids a whole lot. So, you know, he'll get nervous and, um, and it does it, it, it rocks me for a minute because he's normally the one that I go to when I get really freaked out and, um, you know, well, him or you, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> biggest, say, the like, biggest supporter. So when one right. of your biggest supporters has a question, it's kind right. of makes you freeze and yeah. reassess. And he's so great about like, if I'm having like a really crazy work day or something and you know, he'll be like, okay, you know what, this weekend we're going to catch up and here's how. And I'm like, <gasps> okay, I can breathe again. So if I he comes that. to me with like a worry, I'm like, I'm failing, you know, <laughs> and, uh, so I send them back to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing is, so, um, Danica asked us, how do we, you know, keep from worrying? It's like, I don't know if I've figured out a way to keep from worrying. I've figured out a way to how to keep from worrying all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I did in my first year. Um, and that's just doing it for eight years. <laughs> right. It gets easier every single year. I think it does. And I think you gain confidence. Um, you know, we're not trained for this. Um, a lot, I, I, a lot of us have absolutely no educational background except for our own, you know, school experience. 
So we're mm-hmm. kind of making it up as we go along, which feels a little terrifying sometimes. It feels like an elephant on your chest at three in the morning when you wake up and you think, if they don't learn how to make change, how are they ever going to work? You know, um, and then I think about all those terrible jobs I had growing up, you know, being a cashier at Chuck E. Cheese, like <laughs> that actually wasn't so great, believe it or not. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not not learning how to make change professionally isn't such a bad thing I don't know um, but the other thing she asked was like for um, some practical strategies for like you know keeping our kids um, you know sort of learning at a at a somewhat um, grade average level right and um, I know we've both used those workbooks Brain Quest. Brain Quest, yeah. And we love the Brain Quest workbooks and the um, the trivia decks. So yes. the trivia decks are great to take in a car to a restaurant, and kids, all three of my kids enjoy them. And the Brain Quest workbook, same thing. It's not your traditional workbook. They make it really fun. And I think it's a good way to kind of, you know, it would be a great thing to talk. We tuck them in our portfolio. Um I'll periodically go through and date a page, like if I see my kids working on them so that I can then later, you know, compare to, um, but that's an, that's an easy thing to Mm -hmm. keep track of. Also, um, we have these, these trivia decks called it's Smithsonian, what you need to know or what fourth grader should something like that. I can link it in the show notes, but it's a, it's a tall deck and like a really hard, box. Um, so it's really durable and we'll pull them out at meals. My kids love them. They're really visually engaging. They've got a lot of photographs, fun facts. So we'll use those too. And then I feel like we're kind of covering what's supposed to be in each grade. Well, then, you know, what's kind of funny about that too, is that, um, we will do them in the car and we'll go around like the parents too. And there are times when I don't know Mm-hmm. like what a fourth grader is supposed to know. Um, so it just it sort of makes you realize that, you know, it's. Somebody just made it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's not super important for your daily life, you know, <laughs> to know, um, you know, a certain character from a certain movie or something. Cause there's like the pop culture ones that, you know, yeah. be like, I don't know who was in that movie. We've never seen that movie. Are we supposed to see that movie? Is every second grader supposed to see Lady and the Tramp? I've failed my children, you know? So <laughs> so there's that too. It just helps you, you know, kind of remember that, um, you know, and kids, it, it, it varies. Education varies a lot depending on, you know. Um, even by state. Even by state. Definitely by country, you know. Um and the things that we really, really need to give our kids to be successful um, aren't always going to be covered in a book or workbook, you know? So mm-hmm. we're, we're doing a lot besides the three R's every day, I think. So um, much. But objective- and if you're looking... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was I just going gonna- <laughs> I think we're going to say the same thing. I was yeah. going to say, if you're looking for something standardized, um, a lot of states offer standardized testing that you can complete at the end of the year. That tells you exactly where your kid is based on national norms. You can also, um, a free way around it for math is to use con. I'm not sure if they have standardization for other subjects. I'd have to check on that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of um, online learning programs that provide the same thing. So whether you're doing, 
I'm trying to think of ones we've done. Like I know we've done this, the Stanford gifted and talented.com in the past. They do age-based and grade-based norming and CTC math had that. I'm trying to think of others. I know there have been others. I just can't think of them off the top of my head, but you could always print out that sheet with the date and, you know, at certain times throughout the year and just say, okay, she was on the fourth grade first month level then, and then, you know, compare it. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly ways to do it. Um, I'm finding that for my stress level and my kids' stress level, I have let some of that stuff go. Um, just because like you said, you know, if it becomes you're behind in math, you're behind in math, you're behind in math. It's really hard. I think to move past that. Remember, I mean, when we were growing up, I don't, I don't know if you had this too, but I mean, it was like, we were divided up for reading. We were divided up for different things. And there were kids at the, you know, yellow table. And it's like, we all know what the yellow table means, you know? (laughs) And these kids are like branded yellow table kids for. Yeah. And how does that affect your self-esteem? Yeah. And so, um, I, I've tried to kind of not worry about that too much. And I guess maybe if you're having those fears all the time, um, if you legitimately think that maybe your child is struggling with some kind of learning difference, um, you know, you really think that maybe there's dyslexia or dysgraphia at play or something where um, you might need access to some other resources or something, um, you know, maybe that's, that's the time. Yeah. But if you just feel like your kid is just a quirky little goofball kid, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, am I projecting? (laughs) Um, you know, because kids are just, if we let them just be who they are, oh my gosh, it's really, really fun to watch Mm -hmm. it unfold, you know, it is. And, um, if we stop trying to kind of cram them into this box and just let them, grow out their hair and wear their goofy clothes and love what they love. It's, that's one of the benefits of homeschooling, you know? Mm -hmm. So. And if you have a kid who's struggling with unique needs, Shauna's book is awesome. Yes, Really, really good. And you can teach your child at home. Yeah. You know, whether you need outside services or not, you're able to do it. I know we were in OT for a very long time and it helped immensely. And, um, it was less Mm -hmm. of a concern when we started homeschooling because my guy that needs that movement could get that movement. So does he still drive me bonkers on occasion? Like, is he outside this room right now bouncing around? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) but he gets his outside time and lots of breaks that a school could never provide. Like even the best school could never provide. Right. He would be a distraction, but here he has the ability to move. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, that's meeting our kids where they are. That's one of the main reasons why I love homeschooling. So Me too. Um, to Danica, thank you for the question. It's um, a great question. It's a very, it's a very, very good question. And um, be good to yourself. <laughs> um, so keep at it. Um, you got this sister. Right. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is bringing you joy this week? Oh my goodness. I wasn't prepared for the question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ask me, ask me. We'll turn it around. (laughs) Wait, I did have an answer earlier in the week. 
the thing that's bringing me joy right now is um, I did this co-op class and it was so much fun. We it did looked a spy fun. school what little I've seen. co-op class and it has been such a blast. So I can't wait. I'm going to write something about it because I just want to like share it with people because it was just, it was one of those moments when it felt like it just all was coming together. So, um, is that what you felt like this week that it's just all coming together? Yeah. I just feel like, you know, once in a while you get one of those weeks where everything seems easier and everyone was just really connected this week. And I don't know. I just felt like everyone was kind of on the same page and having fun and equally enjoying what we were learning and everything just seemed a little bit easier. Um, there was less, we've had some morning tantrums from one mo- member of my party <laughs> that we trying to <laughs> pin down. Um, yeah. and those went away and she wrote me a little, we have little whiteboards on our bedroom doors, just like a fun way to encourage writing and yeah. um, me like this really sweet, like you know, love message basically oh. one morning and I was like, Oh, we're over whatever. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but like some, the storm has passed. I love that idea. You said that you've, you wrote uh, vocabulary words on like their mirror in their bathroom too, right? Oh my gosh. Well, I have those, um, gosh, what are they called? Maria's words? Mary's Mary. <gasps> yes. I've been okay. wanting to try those. Yeah. It's we have to amazing, link to those. It is an amazing deck of vocabulary cards. So I have those and I put one Every Sunday, the kids have a double vanity and I put a new word on each mirror. So there's two words each week and we call it a competition, but it isn't really, we just try to use it like goofballs. So I try to pick one that's funny because a lot of the words they're, they're meant for SATs, um, Mm. and they're very visual. So they help you remember they've got an image that go with them. Um, but I try to pick like goofy ones, like right this week we have abscond and, um, fury, I think. So oh, how fun. it's just fun. Yeah. yeah. It's fun seeing them fit in the words and it's, I love it's that a family thing to do. It gets them focused on something else when they're brushing their teeth at night because we've had behavior then too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, I love it though. Yeah. That's such a fun idea. Yeah. I like Yay. those stealth learning things. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen, they've been popping up everywhere lately. So I need to get a deck. So yeah. It's, that, like if you're studying for the SATs, you can put them on a big ring and just go through them all. It would have been great when I was studying. Right. And then but now even like the kids love them so much that they want to put them on our pantry door. So when they get their cereal in the morning, we can have a couple there. Oh, that's perfect. They're, they're not satisfied with the two upstairs. They yeah. want more. You could, you could put weird, them all kinds of places. Weird just... <laughs> Can you put up more weird words? Yeah, that's great, though. But it's just fun, yeah. Yeah. And they're just, you know, you see a little, like my five-year-old now, his word of the week, this wasn't one of those words, but is clever. And I just love it when a kid hangs on to a word and is using it appropriately. You know, isn't yesterday. That said, isn't that clever, Mom? Don't you think this is pretty clever? Right. <laughs> Payday. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so much. This has been great. Um, thank you to Danica for that great question. Yes, thank you. And um, people can still send their questions to us. Um, go to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com. Um, oh, we've had a couple of people recently tell us that our site has been goofy. Um, we switched over a while ago from the homeschoolsisters.wordpress.com to the homeschoolsisters.com. Um, 
and silly so... Kate forgot to put up. No, 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 it's not you. It's just, um, we had always had it, it redirected to the homeschoolsisters.com, but then, um, Something so some people still out. in there, um, if you have like old bookmarks or whatever, so make sure you update your, update your bookmarks and, um, come see us on the homeschoolsisters.com. We have posts over there too. Um, every other week that we don't have a podcast and, um, can we talk really, really fast about the topic for our next podcast? We're going to talk about screen time. So stay tuned for that one. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Kate and I, we have a guest that you're going to love. Yes. Because we both were kind of like, I I don't know if we feel like a hundred percent awesome about I don't know. Like I, I have a lot of questions about We just have a weird screen situation here. Yeah. So we I'll talk about, but we're just, we're not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Who, um, somebody we just adore and she's going to come and talk to us about it. Um, because she actually has like a strategy that is really working in her house. So we are going to, um, ask her all the questions because we get questions about screen time all the time. So it's going to be a so good if you one. you have any, send them in. Yes. Um, go to the homeschoolsisters.com, <laughs> click on ask us a question, and we'll make sure that we ask our special guest about that. And I think that's it for this week. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but this has been good. So It was. Um, it was have great a good week, talking sisters. to you. Yes. Everybody have a good week, and um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.